Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, Biodesign Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning and welcome in to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao. I am joined by Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls, and it is Friday, which means it's high school football, and it is the first week of the playoffs, and we are so excited about tonight, all of the things that we will have coverage on sm-tnsports.com, on Twitter, on Facebook. Make sure that you guys are following us. It is going to be a fantastic night. Really, really exciting. High school football playoffs. We're going to talk about all of that and more. We've got a great show lined up for you today. And before we get into it, we're going to talk to Mo. Mo, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well on a Friday. How about you? Man, it, uh, so you can't be mad about it. Yeah. Hey, a couple of things before we get too deep to high school football playoff mode. Congratulations to a couple of Columbia Academy seniors, Austin Kimes, who yesterday signed a bowling scholarship with Martin Methodist College, and Max Ballard, who signed a baseball scholarship with Freeman University. Um, those guys know what they'll be doing the next four years, hopefully, and Hopefully, Max gets to get on the diamond for senior year at C before taking off for Henderson. And hopefully, Austin, in the midst of his bowling season, where he is among the top five bowlers in average in Division Two, can can keep that up and make a dent at the state tournament here after Christmas. Yeah, it's uh, yesterday when we went over there and got a chance to talk to that young man. He was uh, very passionate about bowling and. Uh, you know, apparently, kid's been pretty good. He's he's not hit that three hundred mark just yet, but two ninety six ain't bad. Two ninety six ain't bad. Two eighty nine ain't bad. And his family is really proud of him as well. <laughs> yes, so, they are. So congratulations to Austin. And again, want to read more about that? You can you on sm tnsportscom dot com. And Mo had a story on on him and on Austin and, and his accomplishments. Uh, of course, we couldn't list them all. There were far too many to list. He has been to the Junior Gold Nationals the last couple of years. In nine, well, in 19 and in 18, did not go this year for yeah. obvious reasons. <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's a good story. Make sure to, to check that out on the website. And, of course, we had some cross-country yesterday. We did. And we have some cross-country today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, – the TWSAA state cross country championships had to be moved from the Air uh, Steeplechase course where they had taken place for the, each of the last forty nine years. This would have been number fifty. By it this morning, because I drive I drive by it mm -hmm. from my house, and the course is actually um, mowed. 
and would have been ready mm-hmm. for today. All dressed up and nowhere to go. All huh? dressed up and nowhere to go, yeah. So instead, they are running at Sanders Ferry Park up in Hendersonville, um, and because of COVID restrictions, it's a two-day affair, so they're running Thursday and Friday r- rather than on Saturday as they have traditionally run it. So Vision 1, large class and all class boys and girls races were yesterday um, in the Division One large class girls meet. Independence's girls finished third. That's, that's a pretty thing. good deal. That's not bad at all. And finished behind region and county rival Brentwood, who won it, and Farragut girls placed second, followed by Independence. The Halterman sisters, Janie and Ju. Finished 11th, 13th, respectively. Janie, 18-minute, 32.29 second time over the 5K course um, for 11th. Julia running an 8.38.02. The winner, Jenna Hutchins from Science Hill, must have had a jet pack or something because she ran a 16.30.84. That was only a minute slower than the boys' winning time. So she was after it out there. Congratulations to all these young ladies. And Apparently, she's the number one runner in the country. In the country. Uh, I think she is a highly recruited for cross country across the, the, the nation here. So. Understand? Across the country? Across the country. <laughs> for cross country. Hey, um, congratulations to all these ladies again. We have coverage of yesterday's events, including how. Michael Gerhardt and Nate Martinez from Spring Hill and and Pendants did, and the small class boys and girls meets as well on the website at sm-tnsports.com. Division two racing will take place today at Sanders Ferry with the class A girls at ten, the boys at ten forty, the. Class A girls at 2 and the boys at 2.40. Columbia Academy's girls will be in that 2 o'clock race. And Columbia Academy's Connor Henson, C-O-N-N-O-R, and Zion Christian's William Craig will be in that 2.40 race. So um, hopefully we will have news on those outcomes before kickoff tonight at whichever playoff we're checking out. So, um Check back on the website again, sm-tnsports.com. All right, there you go. Yeah, really excited to see the uh, the, the final with uh, Annabeth Cawthor. Anna, mm-hmm. Annabelle. Anna, yeah, I was about to say Annabelle Cawthor. After I said Beth, I was like, no, nope, that's not that's right. Not it's right. Annabelle. <laughs> um, Annabelle Cawthor and um, Connor Henson definitely going to be uh, among the top finishers in Hey, Those two races. And keep an eye on Billy Miller for a eighth grader who qualified. Um, she finished fourth at the regional last week. Yeah, especially for an eighth grader. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so we have a fantastic show for you lined up. We are going to talk about high school football in and around Yeah, We talked yesterday, as you may know, to southernmiddletennesseesports.com coverage area so we definitely wanted to um we we definitely want to continue 
talking about high school playoffs as we did last night with JP on Thursday Night Live. That was a a lot of fun and get giving our picks out and and giving a giving some predictions for the state finals. That was uh, more exciting than I expected. <laughs> so kudos to JP for making us do it because I mm. enjoyed that. Uh, in the set today, we're going to kind of let JP just take over because we didn't get a chance last night on Thursday Night Live to talk about college football. So, And there is some college football to talk about. There is plenty of college football to talk about. We definitely want to do that, so we are going to in that second hour, and we hope that you will stick around for it. Um, but let's go ahead and just jump right in to – Football playoffs. Well, in the next segment, we've got Anthony Puka from the Marshall County Tribune coming in with us. Um, all three Marshall County teams will be involved in postseason beginning tonight in Class 4A. Marshall County, the number three seed out of Region 4-4A, will travel to Macon County, the number two seed up in Region 3-4A. Um, and then in S one A Cornersville, which will be the number four seed out of one A, goes to oh I lost them. Cornersville goes to Huntington. Not a short trip, and, and not one you really want to take in the ground. No, no, it's really not. And then the only game in town in Marshall County. East Hickman travels two forest to open Class Two A playoff action. So we will um, check in with Anthony Puka in the next segment and kind of get a pulse on what's going on over that way. We will. Before we get there, though, let's talk about Lawrence County because okay. we've got a team down there. We do. Uh, Loretto will travel to Waverly on, uh, and that's not it's not an easy trip either. Um. So, Waverly, who has certainly had a uh, a good year, they are the number one seed out of their region. So, uh, you know, it's um, it's a tough matchup for for Loretto. You're you're playing a team who you know knows how to win at this level. Uh, what can Loretto do to give themselves a chance tonight? Well, we've talked about doing what you do, and I think that's going to be for Loretto. Um, I think the biggest thing for Loretto is settling in. This will be the first playoff appearance for Loretto since 2014. That's correct. And so they 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 had to really um, – Fannies to get there. Um, big win for them was that 12-7 midseason victory over Summertown for the Pegasus. Um, kind of knocked Summertown or kind of sent Summertown on a tailspin, but it also kind of solidified Loretto's postseason chances. And again, making that trip for the first time in six years now, it's a pretty big deal for them. Looking for their first win in the playoffs since 2013, but as you said, going to Waverly as the number four seed does not, you know, doesn't bode especially well. As you said, Waverly is a team that's had a lot of success 
particularly in the early rounds of over the last few years. And so they have been in this position. They've um, they've won some games. Specifically, you know, they beat Columbia Academy a couple of years ago since last year in Class 2A and went down there with a pretty team and, and came back packing up their gear. I mean, like I said, this is a Waverly team that over the last few years has built a little bit of a tradition down there and playing a pretty tough region along with Hickman County and East Hickman and that bunch. And so they are, they're pretty tested. And with Loretto having to scramble the way they did, they, they had a shot at finishing third in the region last weekend. And so they find themselves going to region champ Waverly Eagleville goes to Decatur County Riverside. Right. But, um, you know, nice accomplishment for Loretto again, it's a, it's snap a it, to, snapping a five or six year off drought with, with this appearance tonight, getting to five and five for all, um, not had a lot of success here in the last bit to, um, to break that up. Nice, um, nice performance on their part. No question. And, and again, just trying to, you know, change the culture and, get back to a place where, you know, you expect to get to. And, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where it starts. You have to create that expectation. Um, you know, we've talked to Nick Patterson down at Richland. They got to the playoffs last year. They were un- unable, fortunately, to go back to back this time around. But, you know, just establishing that where the postseason is an expectation and then you go, from there where, you know, winning games in the postseason becomes that expectation. But you got to get there before you can start making a dent. Right. Um, speaking of other teams who are uh, breaking some long playoff droughts, East Hickman, we talked about this game last night, they haven't been in the playoffs since 2013. They come in on a four-game on the streak five games overall with a COVID win of Waverly actually um, seven and two on the season losses to Decatur County Riverside and 24 loss to Houston County uh, other than that though played pretty well they beat Hickman County 35 13 who is uh, I'm not sure I think they're a player um, Scott's Hill 34 to six last week and of course that Zion Christian 43 21 and um this is a game that Forrest is going to have to 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 really play well, chance to win. Yeah, you know, we talked on Thursday night live night with James Dickinson, who is an assistant coach over at Zion Christian. Um, East Hickman mashed the four hundred eighty four yards when when they beat Zion a few weeks ago. I mean, this is a team that had a second year coach, and the one thing that that Coach Dickinson mentioned, they went. From a third, from a twenty-three player roster last year to a forty-six player roster, quick math, they doubled their roster size in a year. So this new coach come in, he's gotten some folks excited about football at East Hickman, and that's um, victory number one for a program that has not had a lot of success. I've gone through a coaching change, be able to go in there and get people excited about football, get your numbers up. 
start winning some games. People don't expect you to win. You find yourself in the playoffs, and so now you're going to a Loretto who's had some trouble scoring this year. Forrest. I'm yes. sorry, Forrest. Yeah, who's had some trouble scoring this year. And if East Hickman runs the ball like they have all year, shorten the clock, they got a shot to go over there and upset somebody. Absolutely. And on the other side of that is Forrest, and we are going to get more on them. On the other side of a break, we have uh, we have Marshall County Tribune sports editor. Anthony Puka. Anthony Puka. So I keep wanting to call him um, Andrew. And I'm getting Anthony Puka. Puka. He's going to be on the other side of this break. We are going to talk Forest, Cornersville, and of course, Marshall County. And we will get more on both of, or all three of those and their playoff games. This next, so stay tuned with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931 490 4990. Or visit CustomStoneHandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at ByDesignCabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back to Southern Middle Sports today. I'm Maurice Patton along with Chris Yao as we effort to bring Anthony Puka from the Marshall County Tribune in to talk a little bit about um, the Tigers, the Bulldog Rockets as they head into postseason play tonight. Um, And I believe we've got him. Mr. Puka, are you on the line? It's Mr. Puka. Mr. Puka. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. Great. Say hello to Mr. Yao. Mr. Who? Yao. Yao. Mr. Yao. How are you, buddy? Oh, yeah. man, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for coming on with us this morning. Uh, how, how are things in Marshall County this morning? Well, Marshall County's doing pretty good this morning. Sun's out, and I guess everybody's getting ready to play football, but we only got one home game here in the county, so I got a couple guys on the road. Sounds like fun. We do too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We we know how that goes. Everybody traveling. This seems like, but um, at least we are traveling. I don't think many of us would have given football great odds back in July and August. No, I don't think so. Actually, I was at the uh, cross country state yesterday talking to the forest coach and. Now we have soccer and cross country off the board. So, <laughs> well, and, and golf I mean, and volleyball. Volleyball, yeah. So we yeah. got 
We got three off the board. Oh, by the way, congratulations to um Jaden Stallnecker for us. Her number her third place finish in the um small class. Yeah, she improved, spot. she improved one spot from uh her freshman year. She finished fourth last year. And the girl who won from Fairview has been battling the entire time in their battle for the rest of their careers because they're in the same region. And in the same class, I guess. Is that yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Jaden running a twenty twenty two seven up at Sanders Ferry for that third place finish. So again, congratulations to her. Second top five finish in as many years. Um speaking of forced, the only home team in Marshall County tonight as they opened the class two A playoff against visiting East Hickman. Um what what, what, are, what are your what are your feelings heading into this one? Well, you know, I've seen the Rockets play all year, and their defense right now is as good as I've seen in in, in two A in two A. So, and they got and they're back on field, so they have a lot more fans than you know the limited travel crowd that gets to go to away games because So, I think they have a real good shot at winning the ball game tonight. With uh, you know, and I know you're. T- about their performance last week with uh, against Lewis County, where they held Lewis County to just seven points. You know, against a, a rushing attack like East Hickman, is you know their their success last week is that uh, what they're hoping will carry over? Yeah, that's their strength is, is stopping the run. So they're always built around that running the football and stopping the run, and they uh, have some really good uh, defensive linemen this year. You got Noah Hill. You know, I voted for Mr. Football. He makes the finalist, but he's a great player. He's also a state champion wrestler. That always helps. I, we, uh, we like the, we like those multi-sport guys, especially uh-huh. linemen who are wrestlers, because mm-hmm. they right. that way is a good combination. And so this East Hickman team, we we've seen them over here in this area run for 484 yards in a night. Uh, you know. Is this is strength versus strength? But you think that uh, force is a little better, huh? Well, I don't know if it's a little better. I think that's just what they. It's just what they do. I mean, if they stop the run, and you know, if if I don't know about much about East Hickman's passing game, but if, if they don't show any kind of threat in the game at all, they're you know they'll just load the box and hit helmets all night, and whoever holds on will probably win the game. What do you think about this forest offense? What what's been the struggle there? Well, uh, you know they lost McClendon, the, the, the eldest McClendon. Uh, well, not the eldest, but Nick, who 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 was uh, who was incredible. I mean, he was uh, one of the semifinalists for uh, for the uh, Mr. Football last year. So the running game, you know, they got a couple kids. They got the number eleven, Brenton Burchell. I think he's a uh, for a junior. But he wears Michael McClendon's number every game. He has the family where the coming on strong, you know. And they got uh, Tate Swift is another running back, and they have a senior and Joseph Whitaker who does who does the dirty work. And they uh, really have a great offensive line, you know. Noah Hills is on that offensive line as well, so they got some good kids up there. We're expecting that one to be, you know. Also, their quarterback Kirby missed. The, the uh, game prior to Lewis County, but he came back. He had a he had an ankle injury, so mm-hmm. you know he had a like he had a lot of rust on him last week, and 
I expect, you know, anytime you got a senior quarterback, you have an advantage, I believe, because, you know, just the experience alone. Absolutely. Hey, we are expecting that to be one of the better games in the mid-state, actually. Um, not in the mid-state. Cornersville traveling over to Huntingdon. And these teams have played in the playoffs each of the last five years, Anthony. That, is, that, is that right? Yeah, yes, sir. And, uh, you know, they've had some battles that uh, last year Huntington got their revenge on two consecutive Cornersville uh, playoff uh, wins that knocked out the Mustangs. One was on their home field uh, two years ago when, uh, you know, Hank uh, uh, Fig, the tight end for Cornersville, called a game winning touchdown pass. And the year before, they won in, in Cornersville. So they've got they've they have developed quite the postseason rivalry, I guess. Yes, but last year I think Huntington, uh, I think probably scored about four hundred touchdowns on them, and I think they're Huntington's a lot longer than Cornersville again this year. I mean, Coach Randolph team will go down there and go play Cornersville football. They're they're battle till the end. I think it's going to be hard for them to come away with the win down there. Yeah, they we concur. <laughs> they they seem to be a little down this year. What has what has been the difference for them this time around as opposed to um the previous two or three? In their state championship uh runner up back to back years, they had seventeen and nineteen seniors on the team. Uh, the last two years they just don't have that. But they have a lot of underclassmen out back there. And uh you So Cornersville to be good the next couple of years then. I expect Cornersville to be really good next year. And and Coach Randolph has done a great job of, of building that program, like you said, the um, back-to-back state championship appearances. appearances um, and kind of came nowhere with those. Um, we were talking in the previous segment about kind of building that culture and, and setting those expectations. And do you think that is where Cornersville is now to where a first round out is going to be a disappointment should it happen? Uh, I think uh, Coach Randolph, like you said, uh, he helped the culture down there, great coaching staff down there that do a great job. And uh, his, his kids practice hard, they play hard, and and they know what they're doing. They know how to play football. And, uh, uh, you know, I just think Huntington's a better football team. And uh, that's the way it's going to flow. It does, and I hope they go down there four for up that. And my guy down there around, you know, 10 o'clock at night can text me and say, can't believe I saw what just happened, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. It's right? 2020. Yep. Oh, you- my God. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, anything could happen. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Um. The Tigers, seven and two, lost a tough one over Lawrenceville last week that put them on the road. They head up to Lafayette to um, take on Mar- uh, Macon County. What's your read uh, on that one? Read on that one is Marshall County will win that football game because uh, uh, Coach Osteen is experienced in playoff football. He has a group in the playoffs. He gets kids ready, and usually the mo. For, uh, for one of his football teams, if, if they take a loss, the next week they'll fire in their eyes. And I expect them to go up there and get that win and get a re- rematch down in Tullahoma. And and Region 4-4-A has typically shown itself pretty 
Central in this it's, opening round of the playoffs against the Region 3 4 a bunch. It's weapon to your. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's what we kind of thought. And, you know, Macon County kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like you said, Coach Osteen will have his guys more than ready to play after a loss. Uh, th- this one won't be one that uh, the folks in Macon County will want to stick around to see the end of, do you think? Uh, no, I think that the uh, Tigers could be clicking on all cylinders tonight from everything that I've heard from everybody. They're totally healthy and ready to go. You know, um, one of the games that we will um, – actually, I will be on hand for Anthony, speaking of Region 4-4A – Spring Hill goes to DeKalb County. DeKalb is the Region 3 champion. Hill goes in as the number four seed. Spring Hill played Marshall County really tough a couple of weeks ago in a 21-14 double overtime loss. And, again, Region has swept Region 3 two years in a row. What are your thoughts from where you are regarding the Spring Hill team going into that DeKalb County game? Uh, I kind of feel the same way, but on a lesser degree, I, I just don't think still, I mean, they're better than what they have been. They played Marshall County tough, but I think that may have been the one game for Marshall County where they may have not uh, were mentally prepared for that football mm. game, and, and they squeezed it out. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, when you talk about that, you and, and you you say that DeKalb County is a team that knocked Marshall County out last year. Is that right? That's correct. So yes, they are a pretty good football team over there. So, so you know, as as we say, they have uh, the uh, the recent memories of uh, I can do this. So I think that 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 says a lot in, in high school football, and especially if you have a lot of. On your team, I don't know what the cab has right right now, but you know, if they have a lot of upperclassmen and you got guys in there that can say, you know, we did, we can do it again. I, I think that means a lot. We talked about that last night. How how learning how to win in the postseason is is as important as having a ball team. That's correct. Where yes, were, where are you going to be tonight, Anthony? I'll be at Forest tonight. Uh, one of my guys is driving to hunt. God bless him. <laughs> right? <laughs> Can you put him on the bus? Uh, I, the last time they played that road with a couple of parents, I didn't even feel like driving down there. But uh, and my other guy will be up in uh, as we said Lafayette. But La- <laughs> no, it's Lafayette around here. Boy. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Um, we appreciate you coming on with us. Anthony Puka from Marshall County Tribune. Anthony, um, tell folks where they can keep up with um, with your scores tonight and with your coverage over the weekend. Well, you can go to marshalltribune.com, and uh, it, it, it'll be on there. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody can watch the games now. I mean, everybody's watching the games. People aren't going to watch them now. So just, I think the, you know, in a weird way, 2020, watching the football games now. They don't have to go. Because they're on that network, whatever network it is. But. Right, yeah. The NFHS network has certainly gotten – has made it easier for everybody that, that can't get out. So uh, are you guys on Twitter or anything? I'm not, no. No, no, no Twitter. 
No, not a no. big deal. Just thought we would ask. Uh, we would also yeah. we'd like to give you a follow-up, but that's all right. MarshallTribune.com. You can follow Anthony Puga and the Marshall County Tribune coverage of playoffs, week one high school football. A- Anthony, thanks for joining us today. Yes, uh, thank you, and uh, you guys have a game. Thank you. You yeah. do the same, Anthony. That's Anthony Puka of the Marshall Tribune. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple more um, games across the state that we think could be the best upsets if they were to happen. Uh, what would be the biggest upset in the state? Obviously, Marybor Oakland going down, but some more uh, less, uh, more likely than that. More likely to happen. Yeah. And we'll come right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, right after this. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Young, joined by Maury and J.P. Plant on the Controls. You are listening to us on 101.7 FM WKOM out of Columbia, Tennessee, where when we like to give you the weather, because, you know, maybe you are thinking about getting outside the house today, because why? 59 degrees sunny in Columbia, where it's 73 is the high today, and what are we saying around kickoff tonight? What, what, what do you expect around kickoff tonight? Oh, up in Smithville. Have you looked at the forecast? I've not looked, but I'm thinking you it's going to be. Um, you want to wear the hoodie? Yeah, I'd definitely be the hoodie. It's a question of whether there will be anything over the hoodie. Wait, wait, don't, be, don't drag me into temperature discussions. <laughs> with um, JP, you'll get on you. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, you know, JP, JP will be nice and toasty. In the, in the for, studio. For the tonight. whip around and the post game and, and all that other stuff. So. Seven at kickoff. If you're with me in Laverne, um, end of the game would be 54. So not big, not much of a temperature drop for the rest of the night. Expect that uh, it's going to be a really good night for high school football. 54 at kickoff in Smithville. 54 at kickoff. Um, 50 by 10 o'clock. Ooh, hey, you're going to be cold. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, but I mean, it's playoff weather. It's exactly what it's, you it's, want. Yeah, pretty it's much what you. Weather. It's what you expect for for this time of year. So, you know, bundle up, take the um, take the hot hands, 
or or your um uh oh or your Bluetooth your Bluetooth hot, hot hands. hands yeah I don't know where the box is we, we we do have we have this this thing that we bought where it's um it's Bluetooth capable and you just your pocket and it, it heats up and you can put your hands in the pocket and, and it just warms them right up it's amazing uh really cool stuff Mr. Hot Tech beer Sarah saw it she's like we got to get this and I know how she is super you know she hates being cold and uh she's, I'm not mad she's at typically her. cold i mm-hmm. mean if it's if it's 72 in our house she's like I'm, i need a blanket so <laughs> i get it um so yeah it's gonna be nice nice out tonight uh get out wear your long sleeves support yep. high school football mo if you were to pick a two three set that would be the biggest upset whether it be a two or a three mm-hmm. uh getting upset what is the thing that you think is the lock? What is your class 1A lock? I think Colin, two and three. I think Collinwood going in as the number two, I think it would be an upset if Collinwood beats Huntland. I, I think you're exactly right. Um, I, it would also be a big upset if Wayne County beat Moore County. Moore County. Oh, yeah. Either yeah. of those two, if that was to happen, we would be pretty shocked. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I, I think you're right. I think that Collingwood loses, and um, and I think Wayne County loses. Wayne County, the Moore County going in uh, is a it's is a the two number seed. two. Yeah, so yeah, I, I also think. And who was it? Who picked Harpeth to beat Giles County last night? It was some. Um, um, was it was it Coach Dickinson? I don't. I, Somebody I think picked it Harpeth. Was. Somebody picked Harpeth to beat Giles County, and I know Giles County's been all over the map, but not that much. It's playoff time. It's the Brickyard. It's Giles County. I, I think that would be an upset if number two Giles County went down to number three Harpeth tonight. Yeah, I I, I don't see that happen. Um, I would be. Other than that, though, I mean, really that. Two seeds should win. Two three. Well, two threes are. I, I hesitate to call two three up an upset if three beats two. Sure. With rare exception. And that's why that, that Giles that's, County Harpeth being one of them. And that's what I'm what I'm talking about here because yeah. typically these games are are They're pretty, pretty close, even. Pretty yeah. even. Mm-hmm. That being said, the ones that we're talking about are the ones that really that that go to show that this region is. Either really tough, like mm-hmm. like the three, like if Marshall County was to lose tonight as the three seed, we would consider that an upset. I would, yeah, I would. So, so I, I think you know that's kind of what we're getting at here. That would be a huge upset if if Marshall County lost as the three seed. I, you know, that's really the kind of stuff we're looking Deep, at here. Even on the road, yeah, yeah. As you um, as we work way across and work up to region up to class 5a i would think i would think a little bit of an upset if page beats hillsborough absolutely i, I think absolutely. i think hillsborough would be the overwhelming favorite amongst most people that been high on high school football around here uh, <laughs> and clearly from from your comments yeah if this- were to lose, that would be an upset. It would be upset city. Yeah. 
hope I hope their their kids aren't listening to this. I know Brad is. I hope that uh, Independence's kids. Yeah, I hope I, Laverne's kids aren't. Li- you might get jumped <laughs> at the ball game. Oh, I don't. I don't want any kids to get get a big head. But well, uh, they they should certainly go into this game with some confidence well, tonight. Well, I, I, I think um, I think Scott Blade may have put our our podcast off. Yeah, yeah, probably a good idea, especially after he didn't have a lot to be unhappy about. Mm. Tough week. And I'm really, you know, really excited about tonight. I, I love high school football probably as much as I love any level of sport. And you know, when you're talking about covering high school football, the playoffs is what you want to cover. This is what you. This is what you want to do as a prep sports journalist and I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, how, how coverage area teams, but I'm really more interested in learning more about those Eastern side, you know, the East Tennessee teams that, that are playing because one, they kick off an hour early. <laughs> so you can always kind of catch a little bit of that if if you want to yeah, uh, before the game. So that's kind of cool. And then you look at some of these the, these teams like Valley. I, I, I have no idea where Happy Valley is than in State College, Pennsylvania. No, this ain't that one. Um, against Rockford. I mean, you know, these are games that I have no idea about, right? But as the as the season the the playoffs you know wear on it's like okay well who's uh who's going to give that 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 eastern side 2A a run mm-hmm. because Trousdale County is kind of the you know they're, they're the ones that that have been there in the past mm-hmm. and and they're even seed this year yeah they lost so, to Watertown so um like I said last night on Thursday Night Live, I think that Watertown Trousdale winner in the quarterfinals has an excellent chance of showing up in the championship game because coming out of that top Meg's quadrant, County, maybe. Yeah. You know, um, Meg's County is undefeated. I think they were ranked one or two of the year in 2A. I think they've got a couple Mr. Football semifinalists as well. So, you could see a Meigs County versus Trousdale slash West uh, Watertown in the semifinal game. Whoever wins that Trousdale Watertown game would be at home for the semifinals. So that's that's a big deal against Trousdale Bledsoe, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is you know home home field advantage, especially in twenty twenty, is a big deal. Um. You know, moving over to 3A where, you know, obviously some some places you've heard of, Kingston, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, uh, Grundy County. Uh, I guess the only reason I've heard of Grundy County is because of Franklin County's big win mm-hmm. over them this year. And, Dope. Yeah, that, that was their first win of the season. Um, but the top bracket is, I mean, it's it's like, why do we even play it sometimes? Over the last five years, what's the, what, why are we playing? Just to see. To, to see who gets to lose to Alcoa. I can't. On the way to cook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. That, that, it's just something special. That's got to be really disheartening 
for everybody else on that side of the bracket, though. I mean, sure. And, you know, the 3A side, the bottom side, too. I mean, you're, you're if you're Fairview and you have to play East Nashville and we'll call them back-to-back, it's it. – that's tough. That's tough. I will say this. Fairview wins this week. We need to talk to Chris Hughes next week. Because yeah. I would be really interested to see, you know, how he's preparing his team for Pearl Cone. We will do that. We will do that. I've, I don't know about you, but I got his number. Well. Chris and I played softball together a long time ago. Yeah. Good dude. He's done a great job out of Fairview. He really has. So we need to talk to him next week in the event they win. We can make that happen. Um, that you know, looking at four A in that top half of the bracket is where actually our coverage area teams are. Yeah, they, and they will host semifinals. Whoever comes out of this four region three, region four, uh, regional districts, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, sectional. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that quadrant. That quadrant there. Yeah, that quadrant would host in the semifinals. So, um, and, and unfortunately you get Elizabethton in all likelihood, in all likelihood, the defending state champ. So, you know, big deal. Yeah. Um, but looking at the bottom half again, you've got state final spring Springfield as an seed out of region five. And, um, you've also got Lexington, another number one seed who has traditionally, not done well in that position. I think they are the best of a not great region. And they've lost in the opening round at home on more than one occasion. So this may be Springfield's half of the bracket to own once again. Uh, and, and so I don't know anything about these Super West schools like Haywood and Ripley who are getting by um, Fayette Ware. No idea. Because Fayette Ware is the one seed of a two-team region. <laughs> so congratulations to them on beating Ripley, or I'm sorry, on beating Millington to uh, to win their region. Hey, you win the games you got to win, man. You can't make the schedule. You can't make the schedule. You play the teams that are on it. That's it. Uh, especially when you're talking. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they're in the region with Shelby County Schools, so it is what it is. As as the great former Vanderbilt women's basketball coach Jim Foster used to say, you're captive of your conference. You can't do anything about who you're in the league with. So that's right. That's you, you're, you're kind of stuck with that. So you can't really hold that against Fayetteville. They they won the game they had to win. That's right. The <laughs> one game they had to win. That was the region championship game. It was probably in like week three. Um 5A top half, what, what are you seeing? You know, we talked about Central and West probably meeting in the in the uh, semifinals. I, Is there anybody else that has a real shot? If Powell can get past Walker Valley on the road tonight, I think they could give West some problems next week. How, how did that – let's see how that game turned out. Um, earlier in the year? Earlier in the year, because I, I would be interested to see that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Powell and 
and West. Let's get to class 5A. We're looking at the TWSAA. They have a, uh, a printable program on their website if you want to That's check cool. that out. Um, Touchless. Some of them, ha- most of them don't have numbers on their rosters, but hey, here we are. You got names. Um, here's, here's what is, we want to talk about. Owl beat Beach. Um, they beat Central. And they lost to West 39-27. So they're a three seed out of that region. Two losses were to West 39-27 in week nine. In week 10, they went over to Oak Ridge, and they lost 28-27. This Powell team is pretty good. Uh, they, they've got a chance. You know, they started the season 7-1-4-7-0 uh, or, well, 6-0 if you don't count the two COVID wins over Clinton and Knoxville Halls. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a team that beats, that beats in the two-time defending state champion. Mm-hmm. So, here, and they beat a pretty good beach team. And they said. beat a pretty good beach team in week one. So, you're, I mean, you're right. I think Powell is the, is the dark horse out of that, that side. And out of this bottom half um, – you know, we talked last night on Thursday Night Live about Henry County. Um, and they'd be at home in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And that's that's no picnic. So for either Summit Beach or but if you Hillsboro, want a picnic, you can have one under the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> that might be the only picnic out there. <laughs> You'd probably want catfish for that picnic. Oh, though. definitely. And you could get it anywhere up there. Just about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this this quadrant was Summit Beach and Hillsboro. I mean, everybody is conceding it to Summit Beach, but I think Hillsboro really bears watching. In- I think you're right. And then in 6A in the top half, of course, you've got Dobbins-Bennett, to see, you know, the, to get to the quarterfinals, probably uh, potentially McMinn, uh, but it's really Maryville and Oakland, and who wins that one? In the, you to tend to, the, th- to you, Cookville. You tend to think that you do, and I wonder why we tend to think that because it's been that way forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's pretty easy to tend to think something that has. It's almost, in, you know, what they say: past performance is the greatest indicator of. Future, future outcomes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I do what for a living? <laughs> um, Bottom half of the bird is I, – I called last night. I called Independence. You called Independence, finals. and I don't think that's a bad call. I think the bottom half, especially with Gen 8 not, not represented, I think it's as wide open as it's ever been. Absolutely. All right. On the other side of the top of the hour – We've got college football coming at you. Uh, talk a little Titans as well as they get ready to host the Dub Bears. Dub Bears. And uh, much more. So stay tuned on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. That was a quick break, but uh, the reason it's a quick break, because, um, you know, this morning, some weird news comes across, and it's not wild and wacky today, and I'm not, I'm not here for that. Um, Alex Cora, Red Sox, former Red Sox manager as of yesterday, now current Red Sox manager as of today. Rehired by Boston to manage this 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 baseball club that, and it just doesn't make any. Let's just let's talk about this for a minute, Mo. Um, this guy orchestrated a entire plan to use Apple Watches and all this other stuff to. Reading from this morning's article on The Athletic. Make no mistake, bringing Cora back is a public relations problem which he and the Red Sox will have to navigate together. Fair or not, Major League pin Cora with much of the blame for the Astro sign steal scandal of 2017. He'd served as a bench coach during that notorious season and, according to the commissioner, had largely orchestrated the video-watching trash can-banging scheme. It was Corazon's in Houston that led to his year-long suspension. So he was suspended for a year, and the Red Sox said at the time, Given the findings and the commissioner's ruling, we collectively decided that it would not be possible for Alex to effectively lead the club going forward, and we mutually agreed to part ways. And now they so mutually agreed. What to- changed? <laughs> what changed? The Red Sox stink. That's I mean what that's that's what changed. So now both Cora, who was the Ben coach on that team, and AJ Hinch, who was the manager on that team, are both employed. Meanwhile, John Coppolella is banned for life for giving some fourteen year olds a little cash. God forbid he helps some kids out. No, you want to cheat to win a championship? Eh, Perfectly fine. No big deal. Give some fourteen kids some cash, and you're you're done forever. Forever. This is what kind of does I mean, that sound? I'm, I'm literally speechless over this. I, then why are we talking about it on radio? Well, then <laughs> that's because it probably makes more sense than me sitting on TV. Saying nothing, just looking at my face. I don't know, but it. I mean, this makes no sense to me. None. Why? Why fire him to start with? Why fire him to start? That's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question. Well, if I mean, just keep contract while they're suspended. Name an interim manager. Bring them back at the end of their suspension. If that's what you're gonna do. Same reason that. Well, we won't. Get- same reason that uh, a lot of people do a lot of things 
and it's called optics. Well, you don't care too much about the optics. You did then, but now it's a year removed, so you're like, hey, maybe people forgot about it. No, they haven't. I know that, but they just thinking. Maybe it's not that big of a deal anymore since the Astros went to the, the championship series and, and and they didn't cheat this time or whatever. And got beat. But still, they got the in a, uh, the ALC. Is, is yeah. my point is, you know, with Dusty Baker at manager. So, hey, there's that. And that's that's a tough deal in its own right because you bring in one of the great men of Major League Baseball in Dusty Baker to help you clean your slate mm-hmm. because Dusty wants to get back in game because he wants to go out on his own terms because he's been fired everywhere he's been. For no real reason. No, and no Cincinnati so, was pretty bad under him. Washington, different story. But Cincinnati was pretty bad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati was so bad under Dusty Baker that they hadn't gone back to the postseason until they expanded the feed year. Hey, I'm just saying. Yeah. they weren't. I'm not saying they're good now, and they were bad then, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it was Dusty's fault. I'm just yeah, saying no. that they were not very good. Well, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> um, you know, so so you bring in a squeaky clean guy like a Dusty Baker to help repair your image, basically. And so and folks, Reds, are, and folks are torn between hating the Astros and loving Dusty Baker. That's what everybody had to deal with this past year. So, uh, Well, now we – I mean, we hate the Red Sox anyway, so – if you're already hated by everybody except then, your own then fans, then why not why go not? all in? Go huh? all in. Go all in. Well, it's and good, your your own fans don't, don't feel very good about you watching Mookie Betts go to the West Coast and win a World Series either. So, so when you say hated by everybody but their own fans, you might be hated by everybody, including their own fans. At this I'm not point, sure. it may be. Yeah, I, that's what's that's what's so wild is you're sitting. We're we're sitting here. You know what? Three weeks removed from. Roughly, the World Series and the the Boston Red Sox are like, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's bring Alex Cora back." Here's the thing, you know, when they did it though, a little early, little early, maybe maybe about four or five hours too early to take it out with the trash. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a little early for a Friday news dump. Uh, oh, by the way, and, and hope nobody <laughs> hope nobody sees it. <laughs> And by money, it will have all well, gone over. So the, I tell you what they were thinking. Well, if we announce it now in the middle of this presidential election, <laughs> nobody's going to care, and it'll slip under right the under the radar. Under the radar, and it probably will after we talk about it. And right now, I mean mm-hmm. that's that's probably the 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 complete. I, I just between him. I mean, there are just so many qualified candidates for these. 30 positions that you don't have to keep recycling questionable guys like Alex Cora and like A.J. Hinch and digging up Hall of Fame managers like John McGraw or Tony LaRusso. I mean, <laughs> John I, why, not, why not just dig Connie Mack up and let him sit in a suit in the Chicago White Sox dugout if you're going to hire Tony LaRusso? It's be about the same. Be about the same. Uh, and what, right. what are you telling guys who are in the team right now who aspire to be managed when you're bringing 70 cents out of retirement? Tony La Russa hasn't managed since 2011. 
We don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about <laughs> Tony LaRusso's last hurrah. Meanwhile, Ron Washington sitting in the <laughs> you hush your mouth <laughs> you hush any Atlanta we Braves, know we got any Atlanta Braves fan that doesn't want Ron Washington to manage again if he wants to oh we, isn't an Atlanta Braves fan we want him to but I'm trying <laughs> you, you want him to do it in the truest part huh? <laughs> I'm trying to keep him as long as we can I'm Absolutely. just saying the guy's fantastic and we we have the the defense to prove it. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the Atlanta Braves, four silver sluggers. That's and and Adam Duvall should have gotten a bronze slugger just for September. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. <laughs> and obviously, with the DH in the National League this year, that opened the door for that fourth silver slugger with Marcel Ozuna, um, Travis Darno, Freddie Freeman. And Ronald Acuna Jr. getting the others, so you know that. Um, I saw um, Sports Illustrated's final power rankings for Major League Baseball earlier this week. Dodgers Braves one two. I think that's one. I think it's one hundred percent accurate, is what I think. I don't discount the accuracy. I was just surprised slash pleased. To That's see someone on a national level acknowledge, acknowledge that, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I'm I'm proud. I'm I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of this organization. And um, I am intrigued to see what happens between now and April with this roster, because I love the potential in the starting rotation, but got to go get a veteran. And if it's not Trevor Bauer, it's got to be somebody like that. Somebody, you know, who's not a Cole Hamels, somebody who's not at the tail end of their career, but somebody who's still got something in the tank, something significant in the tank, who can eat up some innings and can throw these young kids on their back and say, you know, come with me and let's go get a room. Yeah, and this is the opportune time, the the best, most the, opportunity. The window time. isn't going to be any wider open for Atlanta than it is, right, it is now. right now. This is it. This is the chance you have. And if you look at Washington and you look at some other teams historically, that window doesn't Closes always – Open as long as you think. It closes quick, absolutely. And we need one piece. We need more pieces. We need one more stick. You're right. It, and and there needs again to, be, to compete it, with with Los Angeles, absolutely. And it would be nice for somebody to say either we're going to have a DH in the National League or we're not in 2021. Whoever it is that needs to make that decision, Rob Manfred, make that decision, let people know, so that you don't sign a bad contract or you don't leave yourself with a body part hanging out, you know, when they've decided, oh, yeah, we're going to play with the DH, and Ozuna has already signed somewhere else because you didn't know. Yeah, (laughs) in the American League. Yeah. Yeah. Let me throw out some names at you because 
I don't know if you guys are not, but, 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 but Atlanta Braves fans are the most nostalgic people that I've ever <laughs> met. We, we will sign Phil Necro tomorrow. <laughs> we will. We'll sign him tomorrow. I'm laughing because I know exactly where you're going with this. Rather have. <laughs> Adam Wainwright, Alex Wood, or Mike Miner? Mm. Because they're all three available. Mm. And all three are have Braves. Oh, absolutely. Now, Wainwright is probably the worst trade we've ever made is involving a pitcher. Um, is he though? Well, I mean, you got JD Drew. Hindsight, yeah. Hindsight, oh, yeah. Okay. We 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 could have certainly used Adam Wainwright over those those years after uh, after Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and all that. Now, but Alex Wood and Miner both pitched in the Braves for the Braves mm-hmm. and and weren't Minor. weren't terribly great, but they have been lately. I think Wood kind of burned some bridges year though with some comments that he made maybe and i can see that but also him being a uga guy doesn't hurt me either though i i think sometimes you uh you say what you have to say to make yourself uh, feel better well no some, well sometimes <laughs> speaking saying, from personal experience sometimes you just got to get it off your chest well not just that it, Sometimes you say things in order to make people believe that you are fully invested in where you are rather Hmm. than where you were. were. So, you know, there's, there's some, some stuff that I can, I can maybe forgive him for Mm -hmm. potentially, but I'd rather have Mike Miner anyway. (laughs) And Wainwright, Wainwright was fantastic in the book, by the way. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good I, I, during that Cincinnati series. I really enjoyed listening to him. So I enjoyed him a lot more than some other folks we heard through any the of the rest of them. The rest of the way, yeah, wasn't so enamored with AJ Przinsky. No, he was terrible. But but Wainwright <laughs> was good. Um, that's a great question. Um, I think I like Miner's versatility. I think he has reestablished himself. As a starter, with what he has done at Texas, but at the same time, you know that if if these youngsters come on, you can bump him back to the bullpen in some role. He's a lefty, you know. He's from Chapel Hill, <laughs> so yeah, and, and Vanderbilt. So I mean, there's that local tie to to our area, anyway. But again, coming coming up through the Braves organization, he was what their number seven pick overall coming out of Vanderbilt. Um, I was kind of hoping that he would have been a trade deadline move. I was too. But at the same time, I realistically didn't expect the Braves in particular to make any moves at the trade deadline in a year of COVID. You're going to give somebody up for a year that you, you know, realistically could see come to an end the next day. Sure. I mean, so, you know, um, would have been nice I, to have him though. Oh, <laughs> in game in game would have oh, been really in, nice to in, have him in any number of situations after the trade deadline. But I think a lot of Braves fans look at Adam Wainwright as the one that got away. He is. You no, know? and and I can see that. 
And um, I do want. I do. Want I, to, I think I would rank a minor Wainwright Wood. I, I think so too. And uh, even though Wainwright is, you know, certainly on the back end of his career, I will, he's still got a lot to offer, and not just knowledge. on the field necessarily. Right. And you know, the impact he could have on those youngsters. Oh my God! I think we overlook the impact that Dallas Kyle on Mike Soroka mm-hmm. uh, and and a lot of those other guys. So you're right. I, I think just having that type of player in the in the organization is important. I will say that uh, we are officially in the post-Malone era of Atlanta Braves baseball. Tommy Malone is gone, and now we are post-Malone. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Goodbye, Tommy. We hardly knew ye. You know. Oh man! So we still uh, need a stick. We need to figure out who that's going to. I don't be. know who that. Uh, so Zuna, if we have the DH, if we have the DH, absolutely. If not, Mike Trout, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm uh, the, the Angels may be in a. Can you imagine, Anna Cunha? For um, for World Series purposes, we are declaring <laughs> Mike Trout for the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> oh man alright when we come back we're going to hand this thing off to JP we're going to let him do his college football thing we're going to join him and uh, uh, let him kind of guide let, us let through. him run things let, for him, the, uh, let him guide us through the college football world uh, on the other side of this break this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint stay tuned Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow here, along with Mo Patton. Jay Plant is on the controls for now. Um, if you guys don't get a chance to listen to JP's Thursday Night Live, uh, or actually TriStar Live every day from 5 to 6, uh, you should certainly that give it give him a, a listen because it's drive time. You ain't got anything better to do. Um and you can listen to him talk about college football and Titans and all kinds of different things. But on Thursday nights from 5 to 8, we are at DB's Eats and Beats, which is a lot of fun. And we um, we want to invite you guys to tune into that. Um, Coaches, where we bring in Brian Coleman from Summit, and he talks to Jason Hope of Central. Lots of, lots of great information on it. And typically that last hour, we get a chance to talk about High school and college sports. Well, last night we talked about a lot of high school sports, but no college sports. Which means that we need to do that 
And since we have plenty of time here to talk with you guys, we're going to let JP kind of got us through here. So tell us what uh, would we have talked about had you gotten to this last night? <laughs> well, good morning, guys, and uh, appreciate uh, good morning. give a little time. Always fun to talk a little college football. And here are some, uh, some top headlines, COVID news. Here are some games that are not going to be played this week because of COVID and the pandemic. Uh, the Pac-12, of course, making their debut this weekend. One game and two teams will not be making their debut, Washington and Cal. Uh, the Cal-Berkeley uh, uh, football team, the Bears, are uh, they had one player COVID uh, test positive and several other in quarantine. And this decision was made by the public health department there in uh, Berkeley County, where Cal resides. And so uh, they will not be playing uh, against Washington this week. Of course, you know, they're only, I think, six games, maybe seven. Uh, so they don't have uh, any wiggle room at all, really, to make up any games. So I don't know if they'll be able to do that. Uh, other games that are uh, postponed due to COVID, Air Force and Army. Uh, Air Force is experiencing some COVID issues, so their matchup with the uh, Army is postponed. Also, Navy has some COVID issues, so their game with Tulsa postponed. And North Texas having some COVID issues. Their game with Louisiana Tech postponed. That game, though, has tentatively been rescheduled for December the 5th. So those are some of the COVID issues. Uh, we're, we're starting to see more and more as the season comes along. Uh, we saw Wisconsin, of course, uh, their game with Purdue postponed to COVID in the Big Ten. And uh, we've seen a couple of SEC, of course, Vanderbilt and Missouri Florida, LSU, those games have been uh, rescheduled for December. So uh, just like we've seen in high school, guys, so we'll, I'm sure we'll see more of these types of events, unfortunately, as uh, COVID numbers do continue to rise really all across the country. Yeah, you know, you're right. And I, I'm not sure if I do think that there are some some smart plays especially with the Cal thing, uh, even though the, it's just one player that has the positive test, even if he is asymptomatic, that doesn't mean that the others will be. Uh, I, I'm not sure if his entire position group was quarantined because of uh, – that's pretty bad if all your linebackers are out because mm -hmm. of contact <laughs> tracing. So, I, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a um, – it's going to be an interesting rest of the season as the weather gets colder and COVID becomes more and more prevalent potentially. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, we talked about not knowing if we would get to uh, high school football playoffs. I don't know that we get to bowl season in college football. You think, you think we may not? 37. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. It's 2020. Well, there are two or three bowl games, uh, or a small handful that have already canceled the twenty uh, this season's bowl games. Uh, still, a huge majority are planning on playing, and uh, that TV schedule um, was, of course, uh, released. I think a uh, week and a half ago, uh, perhaps. So, I, you know, I, I agree with you. It's uh, we none of us, though, I don't think expected to get to the playoffs. So, hopefully, hopefully. People can, you know, and, and I think it is easier in college maybe to put these guys in more of a bubble, isolate them more than perhaps certainly in a high school situation. So we'll see. Um, we we hope that, obviously, and it's um, because we're, we're talking about college football because we love it so much. Um, 
So, um, all right, uh, guys, a couple of games that uh, we'll, we'll hit the top 25. We'll do that here in just a moment. A couple of SEC games that are uh, not involving top 25 teams. They are uh, both SEC schools from Tennessee. Yes, uh, Chicken Man, there are two schools in the state from the Southeastern Conference. <laughs> um, Vanderbilt is at Mississippi State Saturday afternoon at 2.30. Um you know, both teams uh, have uh, have not been doing well. Mississippi State had that one shiny moment against LSU, but uh, as we've seen, LSU may not be all that they are cracked up to be. So I'm not sure what they're cracked up to be at this point. Well, that's that's point. the issue. Yes, uh, Vanderbilt has uh, not really looked competitive since their opener against Texas A&M, um, and this one okay, on the road. So let me uh, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Yeah. Would Mike Leach and Mississippi State have been better off not being that LSU game, gaining all the early attention, and then laying the subsequent egg that they have laid? I mean, had they just lost that LSU game to start and just kind of stayed up under everybody's radar, maybe everybody isn't thinking that Mike Leach is the second of something and then – fall isn't so hard uh or you know i i no pun intended i'm sure laying the egg uh at mississippi state uh, with the egg bowl looming mm-hmm. but um you I, caught that yeah i did uh i i you know i think for mike leach personally or as a coach i think you are correct i think as a team though and fans they'll take that win of real issues that that was huge uh and you can't take it away from the defending national champions the first week of the season uh, that was a big win, and that's something that you can build on, and you can't take that excitement away. But uh, from a coach and a um, a personality, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right in hindsight that you know if that had not happened, it would have set him up uh, a little better, as opposed to you know going up on that perch and then you know having it cut down and then getting slapped that. off yeah. of it. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, uh, I think even as as team i mean it sets it sets up expectations that clearly they weren't able to meet since then well there's that's true they certainly have not um and you know it's the the low point i think uh maybe three weeks ago i don't know it was their game against kentucky where their offense did not score a point not a single point their team only scored two a safety they were shut out by kentucky um you know, and, and the air raid getting shut out is, yeah. is crazy. But we have to remember that Mississippi has had a ton of opt outs. But uh, okay, and they now, weren't very good to start with. Now, some of those opt outs came before the season. Some of those opt outs, Colin Hill, came during the season. And you gotta wonder the opt outs that we've had since the season started. Why? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. I've, I've, Mike Leach had never brought his cup of tea. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of getting a sense, and I don't know where I read this or heard this, but uh, so I don't want to put a whole lot on it. But I'm, I'm getting the feeling that he may be uh, trying to clean house a little bit, create his own staff, and, and, and unless, like you said, uh, you know, he's not everybody's cup of tea. If he's not your cup of tea, I don't think he wants you around, um, and he may make it difficult for you. If you don't buy into his brand of tea leaves, if you will, to 
continue this uh, metaphor. Uh, so I, I think there is something to that, that the opt-outs in season, uh, if you investigate a little further, probably either are underperforming or didn't get opportunities they probably felt they should. And, you know, in this world of uh, the transfer portal, you know, it is so much easier to, to move on uh, and, and not stick it out and, and deal with, uh, you know, fighting a new coach, I guess. Makes sense. Yep. All right. So uh, to the game itself, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think many people outside of Vandy and Mississippi State fans are actually going to be paying any attention to this game. However, um, this is a winnable game for Vanderbilt. You think so? On the road? I think so. It's got to be. I mean, because if this is, if this is because what if it's is. not, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's uh, let's let's look at the rest of Vanderbilt's schedule real quick. Serious, hang on a minute. Oh, do we really want to do that? <laughs> you you don't. <laughs> All right, uh, I've got it up here. Mississippi State this week. Yep. Uh, then Vandy goes to Kentucky the following Saturday. Home against Florida. Home against Tennessee. Uh, on the road at Georgia, on the road at Missouri. Yeah, it's so. Like I said, certainly their best. <laughs> it's certainly their best chance. It is their best chance. There's no question. Uh, they always play Kentucky fairly tight most of the time. But again, we said that about Ole Miss, and you see what happened against Ole Miss. So I, I agree with you. If they don't win this one, it it could be an over. Um, and and then that begs the question. You know, does Mason get another year because of COVID and you just chalk it up to 2020 and COVID and players uh, opting out? Uh, I, I don't, Why I don't know. Why not start over, in, though? I, I think it's – I think it may be time. I, I it do may think. be time, but, again, in COVID, I mean, Mason may not have the COVID excuse at this point, to be honest. That's what I'm but, thinking. Why not just start anew at this point? Who are you going to get? Vanderbilt. That's a great question. I'll tell you who I'd call. Who is that? Bill Clark. Any coaching vacancy there is, Bill Clark should be number one on the list. <laughs> My thing, though, is I think Vanderbilt, and we, we spoke with Chris Lee from um, VandySports.com a few weeks ago. I think Vanderbilt football problems – probably supersede any coach. Yeah, I think it's I think it starts much higher than the coaches. And yes. So until some of those other problems are rectified, Don't you've matter. not really given Derek Mason everything he needs. You don't know. You, you don't haven't really given him know. anything he needs. You not don't just re- everything. You don't really know if Derek Mason can coach in the SEC or not. No, we don't have a clue. Because he's not had all the tools, even at Vanderbilt, I mean, not necessarily the same tools as Nick Saban has, same tools as Kirby Smart has, just all of the tools that are available at Vanderbilt to be successful. So, and there are plenty, plenty of opportunities to give them those Well, I mean, tools. everything that they sell, you know, the school, the degree, the SEC, that's, that's their motto, and... You know, I think that that should appeal to a large number. You've seen you've seen Stanford be successful for an extended period of time. 
you know, you've seen Duke come up. You've seen Northwestern come up. Wake Forest has made a conference championship game. To a, albeit yeah. in the ACC, but still. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I just don't feel like – and it's not just Derek Mason. I'm not sure that any coach – I'm not even sure that James Franklin – everything that was available be as successful as he could have been. Um, That's why it made it did, easy for him to leave. Have, what, did, what did James Franklin have that Derek Mason does not? That's a hell of a question. And I don't really know. There's got to be. I, I mean, uh, James Franklin had Bobby Johnson's players, well, and Derek Mason did not. So, there. The question is, how did Bobby Johnson get those players? He did a better recruiting job and a better projecting job than anybody's given him credit for. I'm not. I'm not. That's that's where you know when you're when you're finding the root of a problem and you work backwards. Mm-hmm. That's that where. The, the change has to come is at what point did you know, what did Bobby Johnson do well and how do you find somebody who does that well but can also do the job of Bobby Johnson wasn't a bad coach like I said I think he and his staff did a far better job of evaluating talent that could play at the Southeastern Conference level than probably any Vanderbilt staff has done before or since yeah, and let's not forget, it was Bobby Johnson that got Vandy back to a bowl game for the first time since 82. Yep. It was Bobby Johnson that did that, and they got the win over Boston College in the Music City Bowl. Um, and, now, and Hunter was named the MVP. And who? A punter. Brett Upson right. was the MVP of that game. <laughs> that's right. Um, but to, when, to, to Franklin, when Boston College and Vanderbilt play, a punter should certainly. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. But, but to, to James Franklin, uh Yes, Bobby Johnson deserves a ton of credit for uh, the success that Franklin and Vanderbilt had. However, uh, what I've witnessed on a weekly basis since James Franklin and during Franklin and with Mason is players were more competitive. Vandy was more competitive when Franklin was coaching uh, consistently, mm-hmm. extremely consistently. They may not have always won, but they were competitive. They never never got steamrolled like Vandy's getting on a regular basis now. Um, and watching last Saturday against Ole Miss, I, I, I know they're shorthanded. Um, I know it's a season that really doesn't mean anything other than your heart and will to get out there, but that's what James Franklin, I thought, brought to Vanderbilt that no other coach in my lifetime has done is that desire and that will to play and to win and, and the heart and whatever you want to call it. They played harder, it seems like, for Franklin than any Vandy team has under any other coach that I've witnessed in my lifetime. Hmm. I, I can't disagree with you. That's, yeah. And that's why I think at some point you, you've got a new athletics department. Kind of, you know, you, you're already kind of working a new athletics department. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and be start new. fresh with your football program. You don't have, because why come out of code? Give him a full year just to fire him. Wouldn't it just be better to go ahead and say, you know what? It, thank you for getting us through this time. We're going to go in a different direction, and hopefully, it is a different direction. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do if I'm Vanderbilt. That's what I'm doing. Well, I, I don't, and to Maurice's point, uh, you know, it, it is much more than just the football coach. 
um, you know, the the administration sure. there at Vanderbilt, they have not bought into football despite all the things that they said. Um, They've not been very football friendly. No, and and I've been very athletics friendly. And I think in general, they were. Right. Get, I think they were getting close towards the end of David Williams's tenure. And I think if he hadn't suddenly passed away, even though he was not going to be part of the administration, he I think he was still going to be a professor. He was still going to be part of the Vanderbilt family. Mm-hmm. I think things may have been a little different moving forward because he had a ton of credibility um, and was you know wildly loved and and respected in the Vanderbilt circles, especially those that uh, you know pay the money. Wrote checks. Yep, that write checks and. He could have been a, a, an integral part of making that shift, and I think his void has caused Vanderbilt to kind of fall back into where they've always been, that uh, they just aren't willing to make the full commitment to football that they need to do in order to compete in the Southeastern Conference. They've done and it, with- it, and it's going to be interesting to see how Vanderbilt graduate Candace Lee is able to shift that paradigm to get more support for athletics and for football and kind of reverse that trend a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. Um, and you know, I think, uh, I think Mason, I, I think he's exhausted from trying to, to do that from his end. I think it, it shows, and I think it shows on the field, you know, uh, and I don't blame Boulder up the hill for yeah. all this time. Uh huh. <laughs> At some point, you realize that you know there's nobody behind you to help push, and and, and, and that I, and you're not getting any farther up the hill. That's right. And we we've got to as a you know as a college football, I guess onlooker and observer, we have to not put Derek Mason in a box because I think he is and, and what. What's so awful about the situation is Derek Mason is such a Nashvilleian, you know, Titans player. And, no, 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 those are two different dudes. But um, <laughs> oh, are, are you being are you being sarcastic? Because I'm just a little. It. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just just went right over my head. I no, apologize. I was I was just I, I was trying to be funny about and, um, uh, and, about Nashvilleians uh, and and how they're much. <laughs> Okay, so keep keep going. Just ignore yeah. me. So so Derek Mason, we can't put him in a box with either of them. Um, <laughs> as a as the Vander uh, as Vandy's coach, we can't say this guy can't coach, right? We'll skip through the the the, the sarcasm, and um, we'll go into Derek Mason, the football coach. We can't put him in a box, and you can't put ball player in the box and you can't put them together and i think there's a i think a lot of the the nashville community wants to do that they want to make Derek mason the football coach Derek mason the football player and and kind of love them the same hmm. and you can't do that hmm. and we can't put Derek mason in a coaching box either though we, we can't say this guy can't coach just because he couldn't win at vanderbilt hmm. i mean there's that Anyway, I was trying to make a joke to get to that point. I'm sorry. Is I, com- that, I commend your uh, effort. and uh, I do. I do was, as well, and I apologize for short-circuiting it. Because yeah, it was really uh, – it, it was a long play. It was. And, and it's okay. And, and I think it would have been brilliant had someone allowed you to get there. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. We're good. Anyway, my point being that 
Derek Mason the at Vanderbilt is not you can't put his entire career on his mm, on Vanderbilt, his Vanderbilt career. Career. Yeah. He's I, better than that. I apologize. Agreed. It's all good. I yep. feel bad. I right. love how we went from uh, talking SEC football to we'll, Vanderbilt. We'll get there, but it worked out. Yeah, we'll it get worked there. out great. Um, I'm just saying. It, it, it was a that was an organic conversation, it and, was. and we will organically uh, talk uh, more football and get some picks when we come back. So um, you listen to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. It is presented by Middle Tennessee Bone and Joints. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit (laughs) covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's uh, Friday, twelve minutes to the to the eleven hour, and we hope that you guys are ready for some high school football tonight. Playoffs action right here on one hundred one seven FM. You can hear the Summit Spartans broadcast with Mike Apple. Did we ever find out if Matt Rogers is back or not, or is it going to be Justin Lamb? I have not. I know Justin Lamb will will be there for sure, and uh, if Matt is not back, uh, Justin Lamb will probably slide into that role. But we'll see if Von Miller can let Matt uh, come back and call a football game. I mean, is Justin going to slide in like Chris Collins worth yeah. without Michaels? Yeah, and <laughs> just not too close. You know, got to maintain their distance. Yeah. Not too close. That's right. Uh, and then, of course, on one hundred three point seven, you can hear. Lions football with Lee Maddox and Clayton Harris and, of course, Terry Wilcox. They will be on 103.7 as the Lions go to Gallatin tonight. Lions go to Gallatin. Summit hosts Hillwood. Um, our games have you traveling pendants Eagles to Laverne. You can hear that on Dash 2 Sports Network. Just go to IHSTD.com, and the link is there, Dash to Sports. That's Brad DeShield. I will be on the long drive to Smithville for Spring Hill and DeKalb County. I'm not sure exactly where that can be heard. I don't know if WLE with Luke Willoughby is online somewhere. Or... They are, but here's what I would suggest you do, Mo. Is I, huh? I, I would just I would just watch the game on uh, NFHS on NFHS and get and yeah. give uh get, give Coach Marl after the game and get. Your quotes and you'll be good to go. But if I did that, then I, <laughs> if I did that, then I couldn't go to Kilgore's restaurant before the game. That's right. So. Uh, no, I actually don't think this one is on FHS uh, tonight. Mm. Spring Hill 
takes their NFHS crew, but apparently they are not doing that tonight. So uh, you will have to... I'll have to go. You'll have to go. <laughs> I guess if you're going to listen to it, it'll have to be on WJLE if they are online. I'm sure they are. Yeah, I'm going to work uh, on getting them for I the whip around. Say, is it on the, mm-hmm. uh, yep. That's how to, to keep up with that. all of the games. Keep up with all of the games. JP on TriStar Sports Radio.com. That's correct. TriStar Sports Radio.com. Yep. Also, TriStar FNL.com. Or if you can't remember any of that, you can just go to our website, which I know you are all subscribed to. Uh, SM-TNSports.com. And in the, 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 the left-hand side there of the, of the website, you can find the listen click live. and listen live link. Many of you have throughout the year. I've been pleasantly surprised at the of clicks we've had from to that website from ours. So there you go. JP, let's talk some more college football. we got Nine minutes left. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, so, one other SEC team involving or game involving uh, non-ranked opponents. Tennessee travels to Arkansas Saturday night. 6.30 coverage on uh, 103.7 WKRM. Uh, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite jokes. What did Tennessee The same thing Arkansas. <laughs> so, our coverage begins. I should have interrupted that yeah. one as yeah. well. Yeah. Where were you, Mo? Uh, coverage on KRM begins at 5 o'clock, kickoff at 6.30. Tennessee on the road at the Hogs, uh, and Arkansas is playing well. What do you guys think? I, I got Arkansas on this one. Tennessee's a favorite, by the way. Tennessee is favorite point and a half, and I think really? Arkansas covers and wins. Oh, I, I, think gonna, I think they're going to call the Hogs early and often in Fayetteville. I got Arkansas Ooh, here. Pig. Suey. 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 There we go. All right, uh, top 25 games. Uh, got a couple tonight. Miami, 11th ranked in the country there at NC State. Miami, 10.5-point favorite on the road. Chris, who do you like? Yeah, I like Miami in this one as well, uh, even against the spread, potentially. Mo? Yeah, go Kane. All right, nobody's on the Wolfpack. Um, all right. BYU, by the way, BYU ranked ninth in the country. They are on the road and undefeated, too. They're at Boise State. Uh, I imagine they'll have the blue jerseys with the blue turf because this is a non-conference game. BYU favored on the road by three and a half. Chris, who do you like? Yeah, I think I don't think this is the Boise State of old. So BYU probably gets this win. Nope. I, I, I would tend to agree. Chris think, Peterson ain't walking through that door. I, I think Boise State. That's falling off a little bit. I, I think um, I think BYU is the pick here. All right, we head to Saturday morning, eleven o'clock. Michigan ranked twenty third. They're still how how are they ranked twenty third? They they're at Indiana, which is ranked thirteenth, by the way. Uh, Michigan is favored in this one by three and a half. It's November, <laughs> so that means it's Jim Harbaugh, Indiana. No. I, I'd be surprised if Michigan wins this ball I wouldn't game be some kind of way, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Hoosiers. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's skip ahead. Uh, Pac-12 season opens. Uh, 20th ranked Southern Cal host Arizona State. SC a ten and a half point favorite. Chris, I'm gonna go with uh, with my boy, oh uh, Herm, oh Herm Edwards. Don't push Sam. <laughs> 
I'm going. I'm going with Hearn. I, I really want to take Arizona State in this one as well. That's ten and a half is a lot. Oh, oh, oh definitely betting Indiana State. Definitely betting Arizona State yeah. for sure. Well, yeah, but I, I, I think I like people straight up in it. All right. Well, they do play to win the game. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. West Virginia <laughs> at <laughs> West Virginia at twenty second ranked Texas. The Longhorns six and a half point favorite at home. Well, they got me last week. I'm not going to go against them again, Texas. I'm taking West Virginia just because it's Texas. Yeah, I took West Virginia last week. Yeah, there you go. All right, take me home, country roads. Florida, eighth-ranked Gators, number five-ranked Georgia Bulldogs in Jacksonville, Georgia, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, you know, coming off of COVID, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Will they be rest or rust? Uh, I'm go with Georgia, though. I think they're just too strong. <laughs> nope. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of atmosphere there is for the world's largest out- outdoor cocktail party in the era of COVID. But um, <laughs> right. uh, I think I like Georgia here as well. I'm not sold on Florida at all. Something tell me tells me the cocktails will still be flowing outside the stadium. How many actually <laughs> right. get in, I don't know, but it uh, should be a fun <laughs> atmosphere outside. We'll stay in the SEC, 7th-ranked Texas A&M. They are at South Carolina Saturday nights, and uh, A&M a 10-point favorite on the road in Columbia. Yeah, I got A&M in this one, but, you know, just because I don't think South Carolina is very good. Look, I, mean, I, I think that's exactly the basis for the pick because we don't think Texas A&M is very good, but I think – Arkansas. I mean, um, South Carolina's worse. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. So, all right, prob- probably the game of the day. Number one, Clemson at number four, Notre Dame. It is a six thirty kickoff in South Bend. Temperature, by the way, kickoff sunny and seventy one in Notre Dame in November. Is that wow! Right? Is that right? Wow! wow. I don't. I, maybe sure that, not maybe that's seventy one here. Maybe that's what this <laughs> weather it's doing on my location, so I don't know. But anyway, there you oh, go. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, 71 in South Bend in November. Anyway, Clemson at Notre Dame, no Lawrence, by the way. No Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's why I think Notre Dame gets the win. Clemson a five-point favorite, by the way. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I, I, I bet on Notre Dame to win this game. So, pick a Notre Dame to cover and to win. <laughs> Yeah, I like no. Um, well, I'm not going to say I like Notre Dame because I don't. But um, yeah, because we are recording this, Mo. <laughs> I expect Notre Dame to win this ball game, particularly without Lawrence, and I'm interested to see what that is to the entire college football playoff scenario. Right. It's going to do exactly what it's going to do. Big Ten, SEC, and if Clemson was to beat them, they both get in the championship game. So, anyway. There you go. All right. Uh, Anybody else? Um, Oregon's playing Stanford, but, you know, Pac-12. <laughs> so, who no, cares? No, nah, yeah, not not really. Alabama's Charlotte all. Plays at, yeah, this Charlotte plays at. That's right. Charlotte, Charlotte is at MTSU 230 kick. That's right. There you go. Yeah. All right. I mean, we don't have to pick it, but we certainly want to acknowledge it because we will be speaking with Chip Walters on Monday recapping it. So That is correct. All right. Um about a minute ten to you, Chris. All right. Once again, this is Southern Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bond and Joint. Want to give a 
Shout out to everybody who is giving us a listen. Thank you guys so much for listening on this uh, this Friday, and we hope that you will join us again at 9 o'clock on Monday morning, 9 to 11. And again, uh, you can check out the podcast. If you missed any part of the show, it will be up momentarily at uh, SM-10 Sports Today. Just put that into Apple and Spotify and whatnot. And whatnot. Yeah. Any, anywhere you get your podcast, uh, we should be there. Or, of course, on our website, you can just click the podcast tab, and it will take you directly to it. Now... Don't forget to follow us tonight. Mo Patton underscore sports on Twitter. At Chris Yow 14 on Twitter. At SM underscore TN Sports. And of course, trust FNL on Twitter. Hashtag only game in town. You all of the updates tonight. We appreciate you listening. Stay cool, Columbia.